If you're a leader in the education sector, QUTX can help you keep up in a fast-changing world. We work with education providers to build knowledge and processes to develop leadership excellence through tailored solutions. Search QUTX online. You're listening to Education Review Radio. While cigarettes were the biggest health concern of my day, teenagers are increasingly turning to vaping in what they believe is a safer, more acceptable option. Today I'm talking to Mark Brook, CEO of the Lung Foundation, about an important new program in schools, as well as the latest findings that from what's been called a groundbreaking study on vaping by Curtin University. Mark, before we talk about the Lung Foundation's latest campaign, tell me about what the Curtin University study yeah, so uh, hi, Wade, and, and thanks for the opportunity to talk today about a really important public health issue. Um, the Lung Foundation with Mindaroo and uh, others commissioned Curtin University to run a chemical analysis on uh, vaping e-liquids uh, that were readily available for sale over the counter. So the team at Curtin University um, ordered 50 and ended up receiving 52 various chemical um, e-liquids which are provided by vaping store owners and those um, those liquids were subjected to, to a chemical analysis both in their liquid state and then later in their vaporized state and what we found was that uh, all 52 so a hundred percent of the e-liquids provided for testing were incorrectly incorrectly labeled and nearly 60% of those flavoured e-liquids uh, had chemicals within them that have unknown impacts upon the respiratory health of the user. But I think the most shocking statistic was that 21% of the 52 that were sampled had traces of nicotine or nicotine in them, which, as you will know, um, it's unlawful to sell nicotine in Australia. And so really what that tells us is that this is an industry that um, has no regulatory framework. These are over-the-counter products freely available to be purchased. And we really don't know what's inside uh, many of these flavoured e-liquids. And we're not clear about what the short and potentially the long-term um, impacts of these e-liquids are on healthy lungs. A group you're particularly targeting in this campaign is young people aged 14 to 19 and 18 to 24. How popular is vaping among these target groups and, and what are the potential long-term consequences? So the most recent Australian drug survey shows that there has been an increase in young people uh, trying vapes. And that survey, although a few years old now, is sort of been wrapped up in uh, increasing concern expressed to the Lung Foundation by parents and school leaders right across Australia. It is now one of the hot button topics for our organisation in terms of inquiries for resources. Um, we know that young people will experiment with alcohol, with traditional tobacco products, and now with vaping. But what has concerned the Foundation, I guess, what concerns many 
across the community is how easily accessible uh, these vaping products are. And as our study with Curtin University shows, um, how completely ignorant we are to what's in the actual e-liquids that many young people are purchasing. And sadly, some young people are distributing amongst their peers. Now, we could look at it as um, many pro-vapers have done and suggest that this is just a natural consequences of young people wanting to experiment. But I think if we if we go back in time and really think about young people and taking up smoking as a habit, um, we need to think more carefully about vaping and recreational vaping. And what I mean by that is young people who are never smokers, they've never touched e-cigarettes, using vaping and trialling this. Um, the experience of many of our counterparts overseas has been that young people are more likely when they vape to then go back and try traditional tobacco products. And the Lung Foundation with many other community groups and, and every state and territory and federal government in Australia is really clear that we don't want to undo 30 years of excellent work in tobacco harm reduction in this country where we've seen the number of young people smoking decline by renormalizing smoking through vaping. I think we don't want to conflate the issue between uh, smoking cessation and the use of e-cigarettes. This is a this should be treated as a different product category. And I think the point behind the unveil what you inhale program is that across all consumer goods, there are very few products that haven't been tested or rigorously assessed against standards, whether it's shampoos or foods or or other classifications. But here we have um, vape stores popping up all over the country selling e-liquids, either manufactured onshore or imported from overseas, with absolutely no standard. And as our own study showed, um, very little uh, in the way of truth in advertising, truth in product development, truth in labelling. Um, so you know, I think we need to be sceptical about an industry that is seeking to profit off um, ill health, just as we were with tobacco all the, for so many years. Do you believe vaping could become a safer than smoking option if it were a more regulated market? I, th I thought the vapes containing nicotine, for example, the highly addictive drug that caused addiction, are actually illegal to purchase unless you have a doctor's prescription. Sure. But I'm aware of at least probably four tobacconists in a particular area that are, are selling what what's called disposable vapes ready to go. Yeah, yeah look, I, I, I think first and foremost, we need to recognise that right now in the next couple of weeks, the federal government through the Therapeutic Goods Administration will implement a, a first of its kind prescription model in Australia where people seeking to quit traditional tobacco products will have access to e-cigarettes as second-line therapy. And that's important because the TGA and all of its advisors and the way in which the federal government has conducted this inquiry has been completely transparent and followed evidence. Um, the Royal Australian College of General Practice has said that e-cigarettes should be classified as a second-line therapy 
because of the low um, grade evidence supporting its efficacy as a smoking cessation device. So that's the first point. I think the second point is that that's what the smoking um, uh, e-cigarette advocates have wanted. They've wanted a way in which people can access e-cigarettes. And we think that the model that the federal government has put forward balances the risks and harms to people seeking to quit, and we would never demonise smokers. The Lung Foundation has been working with people um, who've contracted lung disease or lung cancer as a consequence of smoking. So we know the needs of our community. So we think that the model, the prescription model, will balance the needs of people seeking to quit. And let's underline quit, because we're not substituting. We want people to give up uh, both traditional tobacco and e-cigarettes and go completely abstinent from those products. So that's different to what we see as a rising number of young people trialling untested, unsafe products, as you say, one-time products, which um, we can't tell you right now, hand on heart, whether those products contain nicotine or not nicotine. Our own study showed that even though they say it doesn't contain nicotine, it did. Um, you know, and that's a chemical analysis. We can't make that stuff up. So from our perspective, um, the jury's out on e-cigarettes, and it has been uh, across the world. Every state and territory government has been very, very clear about that. The federal government's been very, very clear about that, but they're taking a precautionary approach, and I think they've got the balance right. So tell me about something more positive. What does it involve and how will, you in, how will it be introduced into schools? Well, we know that young people are, are very, very clear about their own health. Young people are not returning to traditional tobacco products. They've led the way and we've seen a decline of smoking over the last uh, generation. And that's a really pleasing statistic. And I think too often we're quick to slam young people but this generation of young people are amongst some of the most passionate about things like climate change and social justice. But when we started to understand and sit down with young people who had vaped, and not just young people who had vaped once or twice, but were actively vaping on a full-time basis, their feedback to us was that they, they had been sold uh, a lie. You know, they'd been told it was safer than traditional tobacco products. Now, these were young people that were never smokers. Um, equally, at the same time, parents were reaching out to us in equal numbers saying, we don't understand what this is and we don't know what's in it and we don't know how to have a conversation about it because it's quite new to the market. It's like a digital disruption in another language. And here we are um, facing off with um, increasing numbers of principals that were expressing alarm and concern at the number of young people that were vaping at schools. So the Unveil What You Inhale program, which was co-designed by young people and co-funded by the NIB Foundation and ourselves, really just seeks to empower young people with the knowledge about what they're using. I mean, young people do not like being exploited. Young people do not like being lied to. You know, as I said, they're the greatest ambassadors for climate change and climate resilience in our history. Um, but we wanted to point out to them that there were things in vapes which were harmful for your lung health and empower them to make um, positive choices. Now, whether that's vaping once or becoming addicted to vaping, um, and I recently spoke to a general practitioner 
who is now having to work with a young person that they would be categorized as being addicted to vaping, you know, using their vaping device more than they would um, normally do a normal cigarette. So they were using it uh, over 20 times an hour. Um, so, you know, these are young people that uh, whose lungs are developing and we wanted to be able to work with them to give them the information. So it's not a preachy campaign. It doesn't seek to glorify uh, vaping, unlike the social media trend where you see vaping using influencers or um, vaping on television is becoming quite normal now. Um, all of those things um, were real. This campaign is just really designed to say to young people, look, rethink, unveil what you inhale, have a look at it and don't fall for the BS around this stuff. Absolutely. It's such an important message to get out. Mark Brook, CEO of the Lung Foundation, thank you so much for speaking to Education Review about this issue today. Thanks, Wade, and thanks for your interest in the story.